Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined, as always, by Matt Carroll, the allergy-ridden Matt Carroll <laughs> right now. Who is He is going through it. Uh, he's struggling through it. We didn't have a pod last week because the allergies and the Benadryl, Matt, knocked mm. you right on your butt. And did you say you had... Did you tell me you had four Benadryl prior to this? I, I, may, I may be solo hosting this by the time we get uh, 20 <laughs> minutes into this pod. I am on four Benadryls and one Allegra. Uh, four Benadryls over the course of like half a day, by the way. Not like I didn't just take a handful of them and just eat them like candy. Uh, but last week, same freaking thing happened, and I was on two Benadryls and one of my wife's anti-anxiety yeah. drugs. And that knocked me out for like 12 hours. And then I, yeah, I was texting. I'm like, Matt, when are we going to do the pod? When are we going to do the pod? No yeah. response. Then the ne- next afternoon, he gets back to me. Yeah, hey, I was sleeping. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. I guess, uh, yeah. I, guess I wasn't being ghosted there. <laughs> no. But uh, we're powering through today, and we've got some important, important stuff to discuss today. So Yes, we actually have movement. Matt Arnold doing stuff, getting stuff done. we got the trade deadline just a few days away. And uh, Matt Arnold getting a move done a little bit early here, which is good. It, it gives us something to talk about, and it helps set other things in motion and and give us an idea of what is next to come rather than waiting for it all at the last minute. So, obviously, the trade we are talking about, Carlos Santana to the Brewers. No, not the guitarist, the first baseman. Uh, he is 37 years old. He is an excellent defender. Been around the league a long time. Spent a lot of years in Cleveland. And he is now on the Milwaukee Brewers in exchange for 18-year-old shortstop prospect Johnny Severino. Matt, when this trade first came down, what was your initial thoughts? You know, just just seeing Carl Santana become a Brewer, the price the Brewers gave up. Uh, what, what were your initial thoughts, initial reactions to to the trade? Um, I loved it. Uh, in the <clears throat> article that I'd written earlier this week um, about need uh, ranking the positions that the Brewers need to address, I had first base as my second most important need, um, and had listed two guys that were, you know, probably the better first baseman that were out there on the market. Not exactly a robust first base market, I would say, for this trade deadline. But the two that were out there were C.J. Crone, who I know, you know, a lot of Brewers fans have had their eye on for really a couple of years now, and kind of the same thing in Carlos Santana. And sure enough, that's who the Brewers end up going and getting. Um, between seeing that and the return and everything, I mean, I, I don't know how you can't like this deal. Whether you play him at first, whether you play him at DH, I think I think you pointed to exactly why you'd probably play him at first and move Rowdy when he comes back to DH. Um, he's useful. He, you know, he's closing in on the 300 homer club. So, you know, he's got a a career of, you know, hitting bombs and driving in runs. Um, he's what the Brewers need. They need some punch in that offense. Um, you've got some guys kind of on the team, you know, like Sal Freelich now who are more the on-base guys. Um, but you, we need runs. We need to score bottom third of the league offense. We brought it up a billion times. Um, and Santana can provide offense. It's what he's done for his career. 
at 37 years old, that makes him more than twice the age of the guy they gave up, which I just realized, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny to think about. Um, but, I mean, he's been, you know, being his Carlos Santana self for years. So, you know, he's one of those semi-ageless wonders. But I I got nothing to complain about with the deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same camp. And Santana, I mean, his numbers aren't, like, fantastic. His, his offensive numbers are not elite. Uh, this year he's hitting 235. He's got 12 homers. Uh, OPS just jumped back over 700. So it's nothing like, oh my God, we got this, you know, total stud. You know, it's not like he was a couple years ago. But it is a big improvement over what the Brewers currently have had at first base and at DH. Jesse Winker hitting below 200, just one home run uh, at DH. Rowdy Telez, he's been hitting basically a, like what a buck sixty since like mid-May with no home runs. Owen Miller has had one home run in in the last two months. He hasn't been hitting near as well as he was in May. So even though it's not, you know, it's just kind of like average numbers, you know, 235, he draws walks as, as he's done really throughout his entire career, draws walks at a pretty high clip, doesn't strike out too much. Um, It's an improvement over what the Brewers currently have. It's not a, you know, William Contreras type bat. It's not a Christian Yelich type bat, but there also wasn't really a bat like that on the market at first base. Uh, so you get a quality guy. Um, all rave reviews about his leadership, his clubhouse presence. Uh, that's something that the Brewers are really excited to get as well. Veteran leader um, and excellent defender. Matt Arnold has, has talked about this, and, and we'll get into this uh, later on here in the pod as well about the Brewers not wanting to sacrifice defense just to get a bat. So in Carlos Santana, they're getting an excellent defender, possibly the best defender at first base. Plus they're upgrading the bat at the position. So it makes a ton of sense from the Brewers perspective and giving up Johnny Severino. I like Johnny Severino. I do, but I am a okay with giving him up for Santana here he had really been passed over in his international signing class by by Luis Lara as, as the best player in that class. And he was in the Arizona Complex League. He's got four homers. Um, he's hitting about 250. You know, he started off really hot, but that batting average has come down a bit as of late. Uh, you know, gone cold. He hit those four homers within the first, like, week or so. Uh, but since it's cooled down. So I am I'm completely fine with giving him up. Uh, Adam McKelvey, friend of the podcast, mentioned this on Twitter earlier with the Brewers signing Cooper Pratt and Eric Batanti, two teenage shortstop types uh, with, with high upside, who are going to be heading to the Arizona Complex League. It makes it a little easier to give up someone like Johnny Severino because uh, they're going to be kind of similar guys signing for seven-figure bonuses at the shortstop position with high upside, great hitting skills. So I'm fine with giving him up. The price uh, I find is is good. And Santana, he fits exactly what, what the Brewers need. So it, it makes a ton of sense for me. Yeah, when we were talking a little bit before we came online here, we had both kind of settled around the fact that Severino, with the new draft class coming in and with you know the re-rankings that are going to start happening with the systems, uh, after that, that Severino would slot in at maybe the eighth best shortstop in the Brewers yeah. system, which goes to show exactly how much depth they have at that position and exactly why they, you know, chose a player like Severino to end up training. And yeah, 
those international signings, like, yeah, he was from two winters ago, um, the same one that they got Barrios from, um, with the, the 21st ranked international prospect and the 23rd ranked international prospect. So yeah, he was, he was highly ranked international prospect. The Brewers threw a lot of money at him, but even that, like those guys are no guarantees to hits. Jackson Churio wasn't the, you know, the cream of his crop in the class that the Brewers got him from either. Like you know, all, yeah. all sorts of things can end up happening with those international guys. So um, certainly, it's not like the Brewers, you know, traded away a guarantee by any means in Severino. Um, yeah. With with Santana, yeah, you you love the defense that they bring. They really probably upgraded defensively at the position, which is funny because all the talk is, oh, the Brewers, you know, they're going to make sensical moves that don't, you know, eat away at their defense. Well, they actually got better here. Um, Santana. It, Definitely better than you know, Rowdy Tellez. He makes some nifty little snags over there and things like that, but he's got no range. He generally rates as a slightly below average defender by most metrics. Negative three outs above average, I believe. Yeah. Um, and Owen Miller is is a solid defender, but, you know, he's had some uh, mess ups over at first here and there, too. I know he's played plenty of games there, but just watching him in the field, I don't feel like that is his natural position. And like you mentioned, you know, his, his offense has definitely cooled recently. He's not a run producer. Like that's not what you, if, if he can get hits, he can get on base, he can drive in the occasional run. That's fine. Um, but Owen Miller shouldn't be your run producer. Carlos Santana is brought in to do that. He's got 53 RBIs on the season. That would be second on the Brewers right now behind just Yelich. He's got 12 homers already. Um, 25 doubles on the season. Like he's gonna hit the balls. He's gonna get some big hits. And those are the types of guys where it's okay if they don't have a super high batting average. It's okay if they don't have a super high on base percentage. That's not. You have other guys for that. You have Santana in to drive in runs, to produce runs for the Brewers. And he, at 37 years old, he can still do that. Yeah, absolutely. And and can slot right into that cleanup spot in the order where Self Relic has been, he's kind of miscast as a cleanup hitter. Yeah. Self Relic is not going to be batting cleanup uh, long-term. He, he really shouldn't be. Um, and, and he can, yeah, be be the run producer. Yelich and Contreras get on. Santana can drive him in easily. Um, I, I think that's going to be a, a good recipe for success uh, and and really just, yeah, helping helping the offense, especially with the doubles numbers. Um, it, it's, it's definitely what the Brewers needed and, and Owen Miller's yeah, defensively at first base, uh, shaky is probably the, the yeah. nice way to describe it. Uh, you know, he had a play the other day, it hits off his glove, it goes between his legs and he's able to, to pick it up and dive to first base in time. So he gets the out, no harm, no foul, but it was, uh, a little, little tense, a little scary. And, uh, that's not, uh, what, what you want to see at first base. Uh, so they get an excellent defender there. And uh, apparently, according to Robert Murray, uh, also a friend of the podcast, this trade was done Wednesday afternoon. And we didn't find out about it until Thursday afternoon, which is just crazy to me that, that no one reported it, um, that, that, that it didn't come out. And, you know, the Brewers, you know, playing their game, like how did it not come out last night or something like that? But Maybe they're waiting on medicals. I don't know. But, yeah, this trade was was done. It was it was agreed to the day before uh, we all found out, which was a little 
shocking to me, which makes me wonder how often does this happen where trades are done, you know, a day or so before anyone actually finds out. Right. I actually saw a second uh, thing on Twitter that alluded to that fact um, that someone had mentioned that Todd Rosiak of the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel had told them that the trade was happening yesterday. So it was known by a couple of people. And I really am curious as to when in the afternoon, that could be a large range of hours, when in the afternoon they know bec- or they knew because Santana went out and played a game with the Pirates. He was one for four yesterday in a game that started at 1.10 p.m. So, you know, he was playing until probably close to four. So if that deal was done, maybe it wasn't released to to give him a chance to, you know, play and not pull him off the field and do the whole hug watch thing. But then if that's the case, you just release it at night, the the news. So I, I don't know. That's that's kind of weird. But, yeah, it sounds like a, a few of the uh, people around the Brewers knew about the trade. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, which makes me wonder why they didn't report it. You know, if, if Todd Rosiak knew, how come he didn't be like, hey, this is what this is what's going on. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not in that uh, news breaking business. I didn't get the news until uh, we all found out uh, here on Thursday, uh, right around two o'clock. So, yeah, but uh, Carlos Santana is a brewer now and uh, first base and DH has sort of been addressed and. Now we've got other needs and, and other ways for the Brewers to do. They've got more that they're looking to do. Matt Arnold said uh, he's certainly still looking uh, for more help, uh, which is good because they've got more to do. Carl Santana's not it. You know, he, he's not going to be everything that the Brewers are doing. Right. Uh, and, you know, as Arnold has, has also been saying, and he's less cryptic than David Stearns, which is really nice to see without, <laughs> you know, yeah. not having to do the GM speak, reading between the lines. Pretty straightforward. I do like that uh, from Matt Arnold. But he's looking for responsible uh, additions, uh, buying responsibly, which means they're not going to be selling the farm. So no Shohei Otani. The Angels have already pulled him off the market anyways. And they they, they don't want to hurt their pitching and defense. So they're not going to get guys who are poor defenders, which is where Carlos Santana comes in. So... Where else could they get a good defender? Where else do they have needs? Well, I mean, at DH, it doesn't matter what your defense is. It right. it just doesn't. Third base is another need. Matt, you had that on your list of uh, priorities as well. And Jimer Candelario is has been an excellent defender this year, and he is sitting right there. He is sitting right there on the market. He is going to be moved. He's an excellent bat. He's put up huge numbers this year. 127 OPS plus, 27% above league average hitter, 16 home runs, hitting 256. And he's been a plus defender at third. And he can also play at first. He could also DH if you need him to, but he's a plus defender out there. Jimer Candelario makes too much sense for the Brewers to not do it, right? Absolutely. He would be number one on my wish list of the next guys to go get for sure. I had third base as the number three position to address. But like you mentioned, you know, you can plug anyone in at designated hitter for the most part, as long as they can provide you offense. He could do that. He could fix a number of positions. It's a very low bar to clear to provide more offense than Jesse Winker. Very low bar to clear. 
But I think having that excellent defense at third base, a uh, report just came out today that Brian Anderson's return has been pushed more to mid-August at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you Sounds trade- like you need a third baseman. Exactly. So you've got a spot there that could be needed. Andrew Monasterio, he's done a good job, sure, while he's been up. But again, like, he's an on-base guy. He's a guy to kind of get hits. He's got a little bit of speed. Um, He did have a misplay at third base the other day uh, that ended up uh, ultimately leading to some runs. Um, He's not the future of that position. He's kind of being plugged in there right now out of necessity i think you get condelario you've got a much more you know a a guy who's going to give you a lot more let's just say um Mm -hmm. he'll provide you some offense he will be able to kind of be a little bit of that spark and then having you know him plus santana in that lineup would be amazing like that would be you would think would kind of you know start resonating along with the other players and have them maybe pick up their games a little bit but um, he is definitely the guy. He's he, like you said, just too perfect of a fit for the Brewers. The thing is, he would be a perfect fit for a lot of teams. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling there is probably a bidding war happening with him right now. Um, and he's going to cost more than Santana for sure. Oh. He is one of the better uh, pieces out there on the market. Period. At this trade deadline, yeah, he is. He is younger. He is performing better. It's going to cost a lot more than Johnny Severino. Uh, yeah. to get to get Jimer Candelario, but you know, Candel, you know, Severino was uh, ranked 31st on the Brewers' top 30 list according to Sam Dykstra. You know, the, whenever the next guy graduated, whenever Freelich graduated, Severino would would have been the next guy in the top 30. Uh, and as you mentioned, Matt, uh, other teams being interested in Candelario, Ken Rosenthal just posted uh, his latest "What I'm Hearing" article, and he wrote the Marlins made a late push for Carlos Santana before the Brewers, before the Pirates and the Brewers. And the Marlins are among the teams interested in Jimer Candelario. The Angels have also reportedly been interested in Candelario. And those are the known teams. The Brewers, we haven't heard connections to officially, but also we didn't hear a connection to Carlos Santana until uh, that trade was finalized. So you never know. The Brewers do operate in silence quite a bit, but there's going to be a lot of competition for Candelario, but it makes it makes so much sense. And you know, for for Matt Arnold, for what he says he wants, Candelario fits fits too perfectly. You may have to give up, you know, a better prospect or a couple of prospects to get him. But imagine a lineup of Yelich, Contreras, Candelario, and Santana. Yes. You can bump Adamas down. You can have can bump Adamas down to five, Sal Freelick batting sixth. Like you can be in, in a really good spot there uh, offensively if you add those couple of guys to, to the middle of your lineup. You can push Willie Adamas down. Um, you, you can really kind of strengthen out the rest of your lineup by getting Candelario and adding him with Santana. Uh, you, you beef up beef up the three four spots, and, and the guys who are miscast in the three four spots can be better cast in, in the five six seven spots. For sure. And again, that excellent defense that the Brewers value that you're missing right now with Brian Anderson out of the lineup. um, It just just perfect. It it will work out perfectly for the Brewers. Um, The Marlins, I I suppose it does make sense that they're making a push. We're not used to hearing them being buyers at the deadline a lot of years, uh, but they are only a half game 
out of the final wild card spot, which is owned by the Reds. So um, they're in a two, they're two and eight in their last ten games. So they're in a little bit of a free fall, uh, meaning that they might be a little desperate to bring someone in. So would they possibly overpay for him to kind of, you know, kickstart their season back up? Uh, that could be a little tough for the Brewers to overcome. But at the same time, it's I guess at least a little comforting that we're not hearing names like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, some of the big juggernauts being the ones that are out there, at least in terms of what Rosenthal's hearing, uh, teams that are connected to them. So I I would feel a little more confident that Arnold could work something better than the Angels or Marlins, but who knows? As we get close to the deadline, there could be more teams that end up throwing their hat into the ring. And yeah, he's going to be a tough one to get, but man, man, would that be perfect. Yeah, there's uh, still a lot of time until the until the trade deadline, but things are going to be moving hot and heavy. The news has been coming in hot and heavy over the last uh, week or so, especially. It's been a lot of fun. We got a lot of great content over at ReviewingTheBrew.com, covering every single angle, every single bit of news that has been coming out. And uh, you can check it all out there. And, Matt, as we look to the other, you know, parts of the of the roster as as things have gone on here, um, you got the outfield. Sal Freelich has come up. We we need to talk about Sal Freelich's promotion. He is up. He had an excellent debut. Uh, three hits, game tying hit, game winning sack fly, and he has just been as advertised essentially since arriving in the big leagues. Uh, so Sal Freelich, you know, right field is, was another one of those positions of need. Mm-hmm. And I think with the promotion of, of Sal Freelich, Rymel Tapia gets sent out. Uh, I think with Freelich now up, the outfield is no longer as big of an area of need because I think they're going to be looking to see what Sal Freelich can do. And he's provided a spark since he's been up. And they can focus their additions now on the infield and at DH rather than the outfield because Freelich now ready. Absolutely. I had, it's funny right before he got called up, I had put out an article about, you know, some top outfield targets that the Brewers could go after specifically uh, for right field, because they were getting a level of production there that was nearly as bad as they were getting from DH. Uh, both positions were, the Brewers were basically worst in the league in offensive production at those positions at the time. Um, but Freelich ends up coming up. Um, he has been on base in all five of his games. Um, he's hitting 417. He's on base more than 50% of the time. Um, he's got that home run. He had those two home run, or one was a home run robbery, um, but two great catches uh, in the outfield. And that now seems to be relatively solved. Um, you know, you've got Joey Weimer, and um, you know, I know he's, uh, his offense has come down a little bit lately. Um, but I think you still can count on him for some big offensive moments. Um, Blake Perkins is a capable defensive fill-in, uh, I will say right now. I, If the Brewers went out and got a better fourth outfielder to throw into the mix, who was a guy who's fine being in part of a rotation, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because the Brewers in the past have been known to load up their outfield and really play it safe and have lots of options there. Um, but it is nowhere near as important of a need as it was less than, a, you know, less than a week ago. It was uh, 
Um, Saturday, I believe, was his debut because I was uh, at work and had to watch a lot of his highlights in the break room. Thank you, Fox, for nationally televising that one. Um, but, yeah, I, if the Brewers don't bring in an outfielder, you've, you've got no issues there. Um, and I think there are there are maybe some guys that you could poach from the minor leagues if you really felt like trying something fresh and something new in the outfield. Um, Tyler Naquin is still down there. He's back. He's a veteran. The Brewers could theoretically try and add him and see if there's, you know, something there uh, since he does have some major league experience. Um, Noah Campbell is actually a guy who uh, has been up to AAA twice now and done decently well. You know, who knows if you really want to just take a flyer on a guy. Um, why not? Um, there's some guys down there that if you really felt like it, you could try as opposed to giving away prospects for a guy who's just going to be part of a rotation. Um, or, you know, work the waiver wire, you know, things like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. If the Brewers don't need to go get an outfielder. If they do, fine. I get it. And, you know, I'm sure they'll find a way to make it work, but not not really necessary. Yeah, it's uh, not, not the biggest concern. And yeah, first base, DH, third base are really kind of the areas. And they got first base addressed with Carlos Santana. Uh, so. Yeah, what are you going to end up doing with Rowdy Telez now? Because Telez is going to be coming back in a couple of weeks. Is he going to have a job? Is he going to be moved to DH? I mean, the the thing with with being the DH is you got to H, you got to hit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the issues for Rowdy Telez for the last uh, month and a half before he got hurt was that he wasn't Hing, he wasn't hitting. And I don't know. It's it's tough. If I'm the Brewers, I'm getting another another bat for that. I'm. I'd roll with Carlos Santana at first base and try to get somebody else uh, to be the DH. If there's someone who's the ba- who the bat is just too good and the defense is just kind of meh, put him at DH. You, you need bats. Yes, you know you you don't want to sacrifice your defense, but that's what the DH spot is for. That's why we have it, so you don't have to worry about defense and you can plug in someone to really help out. The offense. So I, I understand where Matt Arnold is coming from. I get it. Don't want to don't want to sacrifice the defense. It's a big reason why you're in first place still. Uh, but you need bats. You need enough offense. You got a good start here in Carl Santana, but there needs to be more. Uh, so that is going to be something to watch over these next couple of days. Candelario, obviously, we both love. Uh, but there are going to be other options out there that probably come out of nowhere that no one is really expecting. Uh, but the Brewers will do it anyways. Just like, uh, Matt, you called on the on the radio today and, and in your article, Carlos Santana, why not? Throws it out there, and sure enough, Brewers get him. So, in your crystal ball, Matt, as, <laughs> as you see things, because you clearly see what the Brewers are going to be doing in, in your lists, what do you think the Brewers do? Uh, I think they do address that DH position. I think they they are very aware of how little production they're getting from that position. Um, and you can keep Rowdy Telez and kind of work him into the system if y- you get a DH and essentially at that point move on from Jesse Winker, cut your losses, which I know plenty of Brewers fans would be happy to hear. Um, I know he's getting chances. He's kind of been moved into more of a pinch hit role 
at this point, which he says he's fine with. He's had a great attitude about it uh, this whole time, and I will give him that. Um, but if the Brewers are serious about upgrading that offense, they find someone for DH. Rowdy kind of bounces back and forth between the two. Because Santana being a switch hitter, you know, it's not like he has to platoon by any means. He'll need days off, sure. Um, but Rowdy can then be that rotational guy. And it could be something like, again, you know, getting a Candelario and he gets some action at DH. It could be, you know, bringing up or acquiring another catcher and moving Contreras there more often. I don't know that they would do that because I think they like how he's progressed defensively as a catcher, but it's at least an often, or an option if you want to kind of jumpstart some things. Um, the problem there being that, you know, a lot of catchers you'd acquire aren't necessarily offensive juggernauts, so you end up just creating a hole in a different spot. But um, one way or another, whether it's directly or indirectly, DH, I think, is the next thing that the Brewers go after. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at uh, Fangraph's uh, depth chart right now, and they've got Owen Miller slotted in at DH, and I'm not really a fan of that. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see someone else there, but I mean, really, I mean, what else do you got for options? Jemai Jones, Abraham Toro. Blake Perkins, Tyrone Taylor. I mean, you, you don't got much. Uh, you got a bunch of switch hitters on this team, though. I mean, Carl Santana's yeah, a switch hitter. He is top 10 uh, in career home runs among switch hitters in baseball history. Uh, you got Victor Caratini, hit, switch hitter. Abraham Toro, switch hitter. Perkins, switch hitter. So you got a whole bunch of options there. Uh, and is, is Candelario a switch hitter? I, I want to say he is. Um, but... Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of different options that, yep. that you can. Yeah, yeah. So just get your switch hitters. See, that's what Craig Council needs. Instead of playing all, all this lefty-righty matchups and sitting sitting good hitters because they're, they're facing lefties or facing righties or whatever, this way you can just put in all the switch hitters, and no matter who's pitching out there, you can play them every single day. Rather than doing all these matchups and platoons, I'm getting tired of it just – you know, especially with the young guys, Terang and Freelich, they sit against lefties. How are they going to learn to mm-hmm. hit lefties in the big leagues if you don't play them against lefties? And Bryce Terang, for his entire minor league career, has been better against lefties than he's been against righties. So why is he not getting the opportunities in the big leagues? That It boggles the mind to me. So that's what I'd, li- I'd like to see instead of switching everybody out for lefty-righty matchups, just play the play the group, pl- play the best group every single day. And Bryce Terang defensively, he's your best guy to go with the second base. But there are also rumors that the Brewers are looking to address the middle infield. We saw this from John Morosi earlier in the week, that the Brewers are among several teams looking at middle infield help. Morosi listed three names that are available on the market. Tim Anderson of the White Sox, Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals, and Vidal Brujan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Matt, for several reasons, I don't see any of those three as likely for the Brewers. Because, I mean, Tim Anderson is just having a career-worst year. He is not an upgrade at the plate right now. Paul DeYoung plays for the Cardinals. They're not sending yeah. him. It's, it, it's not happening. Vidal Brujan has not proven that he can hit big league pitching. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see any of those guys as options, but the fact that they're looking at the middle infield 
given Bryce Terang's offensive struggles, I find to be quite interesting. And Willie Domas's offensive struggles, I find that to be quite interesting. Yeah, me too. I don't think a lot of us were expecting to see that as a report. And depending on if the Brewers were to acquire a Candelaria or something, someone for third base, um, I would be interested to see if they basically then brought the whole middle infield thing to a halt because you would now have Monasterio and Miller to throw into the middle infield mix with Terang and um, Adamas. So you would have plenty to work with at that point, unless you were wanting to, you know, option someone, which I think, again, like they value Terang's defense a lot. They value what Miller brings to kind of all around. So you could option Monasterio potentially. Um, But yeah, I, I think it's a, you know, it could be a backup plan for if they're not able to find, you know, quite the right fit that they want at DH. Um, or at third base, then bringing in, you know, someone in middle infield does allow you to, you know, do some creative things with your lineup. And so I get why they're looking. But yeah, also those three guys specifically are just, yeah, a couple that just not, I don't know that what they actually end up doing for your offense. I know Bruhan himself was, you know, kind of highly regarded for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Anderson has a, you know, a very good record prior to this year of offensive performance, but, you know, they're both struggling. And so there's no, you know, guarantee that they end up, you know, coming to Milwaukee and doing better. And then, yeah, DeYoung, I was surprised Pittsburgh let us get away basically without charging that intra-division tax. I have no such illusions that the Cardinals would do the same thing, though. Yeah, no, the Pit, the Pirates have always seemed to be that team that is willing to trade in division and, w- and willing right. to trade with the Brewers. And the, the Brewers always seem to get the better end of it. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, the, the Jandel Gustave trade, the Keon Broxton, I'm mean, Jason Rogers for Keon Broxton and Trey Shupak. I mean, that was, that was utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and just pirates have been willing to do this uh, for years. They've got no problems with it. Yeah, the Cardinals, little bit different. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't see Paul DeYoung becoming a brewer uh, for that. And, you know, we saw this. The, the, this reminds me of what you're talking about there with the multi-positions and, and just kind of moving guys around. It reminds me of 2018. When they had Travis Shaw at third base, they needed second base help because Jonathan VR was kind of struggling. And they acquired Mike Moustakis. Yeah. They moved Travis Shaw over to second base, and then they ended up getting Jonathan Scope and surprising everybody. Scope deal didn't work out, and they tried to do like a three-man weave with it. But still, the 2018 team made it pretty far. as uh, the most successful one of this era. So, you know, and Mike Moustakis worked out pretty well. So I could see them doing something like that again. Uh, and just kind of getting a whole bunch of guys and that they can just help improve the team and, and figuring out the positions later. Uh, that, that's something that the Brewers have been open to doing in the past. I mean, as long as they're good defensively and as long as they're versatile, I think that that makes a lot of sense for the Brewers. Even, even if positionally we try to fit these guys into a box, you know, he's a third baseman, he's a first baseman, he's a shortstop, whatever. A lot of these guys can play all over the place. They can play multiple positions, and as long as they're able to to do whatever their assigned job is, whether it's defense, whether it's offense, as long as they're able to do it well, the Brewers will find a way to make it work. 
They certainly will. And they set their, themselves up to be able to make it work by having a lot of guys on the team who have that multi-positional flexibility. So you're not having to do something like teach Travis Shaw a new position uh, with a lot of what they have in this group. That It's so many of them, and that's kind of where the Brewers have headed over these last few years, uh, particularly starting in 2020 with a lot of the guys they brought in who could play different positions. That's it, it, kind of just the direction that they've moved, and it allows you to be even more creative at the trade deadline, which is a good thing. You can You can look at guys for all over really the diamond and outfield and say, well, you know what, we're going to go get this guy. We know he'll help our team and we've got the flexibility on our roster to be able to figure it out relatively easily. So in that sense, it's not as surprising that the Brewers are looking at middle infield. They do consider everything, but that in particular, not as surprising because they can make a lot of things work with the types of guys they have on their team. Speaking of considering everything, there was a very interesting rumor that surprised me that has also come out that the Brewers are open to trading Victor Caratini, Ah, uh, that that he could be a legitimate trade candidate. And there's not a lot of catchers that move at trade deadlines uh, just because learning a new pitching staff on the fly during the season. Caratini, veteran catcher, free agent at the end of the year. He's having a really solid season offensively, too. He's hitting like 248. Uh, been playing really well, um, but rumor has it he is on the market. The Brewers could flip him maybe for some help elsewhere, uh, you know, el- elsewhere on the big league roster. Not necessarily for, for prospects, but a, a swap of veteran big leaguers, kind of like what we saw with uh, Miami and Minnesota this week, swapping two relievers who needed a change of scenery. Uh, could see that with Caratini, but... It's just so tough to see the Brewers actually doing it because they don't have another catcher on the 40-man. Uh, you got Alex Jackson or, or Peyton Henry down there in AAA, neither of whom are really going to give you much uh, at the big leagues, I wouldn't think. Caratini, uh, you know, pretty solid, capable backup uh, at the big league level, and that allows Contreras to, to be a DH if needed, if, if he needs a day off his legs, um, and you can keep his bat in the lineup. I think that's a solid route for the Brewers to go. But if the Brewers want to keep Contreras behind the plate and get someone else at DH, can move Caratini for either a DH or, or someone else that, that you need, and you can keep Contreras behind the plate. But, man, I was I was shocked to, to hear that Caratini could even be moved, that, that he could even be had. Yeah, it was really surprising because he is a very, very solid backup in the Brewers you're not really thinking of them as quote-unquote sellers right now. Um, when, when they're buying, they're generally trading away, you know, their minor league assets to acquire guys. Um, but Caratini is the backup catcher. Contreras is the guy. And e- even if Alex Jackson or Peyton Henry, or even if they went to a Brian Navarretto, he hasn't been as good offensively this year, but I know he's a guy they like in their system. Um you know, it, it's just a guy that you're bringing in to back up. And Peyton Henry in particular is a solid defensive catcher. Um, so th- I almost feel like that might be the direction they would go in, although Alex Jackson has actually looked really good, uh, too, on offense this year. But, yeah, if anything, it gives you some more t- options for trade partners because 
to trade from someone else who's in contention, you've also got guys who are trying to maybe deal from their minor league system to get better in the majors. Um, when two teams who are both in contention try and, you know, match up for something, you know, those are two teams that want to keep all their best players because they're trying to make the playoffs. So dealing from your major league roster is a little bit more rare, but for a guy like Caratini who could, to your point, step in to really any team and probably do well defensively because he is just that good of a, you know, uh, a play caller as a pitcher or as a catcher, um, there maybe would be some deals to be had with some of those uh, teams that are contending that may also have a specific position of depth that matches up really well with the Brewers. Uh, the the thing about this whole possibility is that Caratini has now been Burns's personal catcher. And yeah. so the trade away Burns' personal catcher when, you know, ever since that started, Burns has really started looking a lot more like himself. Um, that would be the, really the surprising part of the deal for me. I would hope that Arnold would do kind of some of the things that he's been doing recently. And if he were to pull that trigger on that move, meet with Burns and be like, look, this is here why we did what we did. We still believe in you as a pitcher. And, and we believe that like anyone behind the plate, you're going to be just fine. But this is in an effort to make us better right now. Um, and I would, as opposed to the Josh Hader trade, where they just didn't say anything and figured everyone would be fine with it, which they yeah. very much were not. Um, you know, <laughs> I think you could get past that because Burns is that talented of a pitcher, but that's, that's the part of a care team move that would actually surprise me the most. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, we, we've seen, we, we've heard the, the stories all that, that Matt Arnold has told uh, Corbin Burns, no, you're not going to be traded at the deadline. You know, he was worried about it because Josh Hader got traded at the deadline, same service time situation last year. So Burns is like, is this going to happen to me? And Matt Arnold flat out said, no, we're not trading you. It's not happening. Then to turn around and be like, but we are going to trade your personal catcher. Seems a little, you know, a little <laughs> too much. Like, 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 come on. Like, like there's, there's no need for this. Like, you're like, yeah, we're not going to trade you. Oh, cool. Thanks. But we are going to trade your personal catcher. Like, I know the bridge has pretty much been burned uh with with keeping burns long term it's not going to happen he, he's going to end up leaving either in free agency or a trade during the winter but there's there's no need to trade his personal catcher especially when he's been pitching like he has been corbin burns has been lights out his past several starts so yeah i i don't see caratini going anywhere robert murray reported this jeff passan reported this i like i i just don't see it happening same thing, Colin Ray has also been mentioned as, as possibly a guy they could flip for something else. But with the Brewers needing pitching, with, with Wade Miley being hurt again, I just don't see them dealing starting pitching depth. I, I just I just don't see it happening, especially one who's been solid like Ray. I, I think it'd be better for them to just hold on to Ray and, and just have him perform like he has been. Yeah, you're, you're still going to need him through the trade deadline. Like, I know... Wade Miley is going to come back eventually. Brandon Woodruff is, he just made his second rehab start tonight. Um, he's getting close to returning, but he's, the, I know, I'm sure they still want to see him at AAA and keep stretching out his innings somewhat. So you're still going to need Ray regardless. Um, on top of that, like, I know 
I know the Brewers, I know some Brewers fans have been appreciative of Ray. The Brewers themselves have, you know, been impressed with what he's done kind of a little bit out of nowhere. But, like, is is that really what teams are wanting to trade for to be, like, a pitcher of the future or something like that? Like, he's already in his 30s. Um, I know he's got a lot of team control left, but I just – I. I He's got a ERA close to five, I believe. Still, I, I just I don't know that there's yeah yeah I don't know that there's a lot of teams that are like oh yeah that guy that's the guy we want like I don't I don't know it just it seems less likely again because he, the Brewers still need him and even if even with Miley returning and Woodruff returning just with how injuries to the rotation have gone so far I don't think you can assume that they're not going to continue to happen you know as the season goes on so you're still going to want Ray as insurance, even if he gets optioned down after those two guys return, like you're still going to want him. Like it's, that's good backup to have. So I, same in, in the same vein as Caratini. I don't, I I would highly, I would be very surprised if either of the two ended up moving, but, but I get why they're floated around. Yeah. Yeah. If the Brewers were in a different position other than, you know, first place in the division, I, I could definitely see something like that happening, but yeah, it's it, it just doesn't make much sense uh, for me. The the Brewers need to be buying; they need to be adding to this roster, and you know that's where you need to see some guys go down. Jesse Winker, it seemed like he's finally on, on the edge of of getting DFA'd and and just coming to an end. The Brewers had essentially benched him as the DH, uh, moved him into a pinch hitter role. Uh, and letting other guys take at-bats at, at designated hitter because he just hasn't been hitting. And, and Craig Council's like, at this point, we got to go with guys who are producing. And then next thing you know, Jesse Winker ends up with back spasms and hits the injured list uh, where he's going to be for an unknown period of time. Back spasms, I don't know <laughs> if that's legit or if that's just uh, – Hey, Jesse, I think your back is acting up. Oh, no, it's fine. Well, it's either a DFA or your back is acting up. Oh, no, my back. Uh. <laughs> like, it's it's one of the same thing with the forearm inflammation with Rowdy Telez. It's just kind of like, hey, man, are your forearms bothering you? Yeah, I guess they are. Well, we'll put you on the injured list. It's it it, it it's just been so bad for Winker all season. Um, you know, back spasms were never a thing. You know, probably had one spasm and just boom, injured list. And, and he's going to be there for however long. Uh, but you just got him. Like, it's just rip the bandaid off and, and just move on. You need a DH. You need help. Uh, and that that's where you got to go. You can't have Willie Adamas batting 210, hitting third, and Jesse Winker hitting a buck 94, batting fourth in a first-place lineup. It, it's a miracle the Brewers are in the position that they are based on how often those guys have been hitting third and fourth in the lineup all season. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I, I've i been one of those who's been trying to, you know, make sense or stay positive about the very long leash that the Brewers have given to Jesse Winker. And, like, I see his background and the years of success that he had with the Reds prior to last season. So, you know, I get wanting to try and give him every chance to try and pick it up, but it's almost August now. There's essentially, there's almost two months we're down to in terms of uh, days remaining in the 2023 season. And 
with the Reds sitting, you know, right next to us, one and a half games. I know we just beat them up, but we're the team that seems to be their kryptonite. Everyone else, you know, since Ellie De La Cruz has been up, they've been very good against for the most part. So I don't see them fading anytime soon. You're going to need to be able to keep pace with them. And how long does this Brewers pitching staff have operating at its current success level before some of these guys finally start to burn out a little bit or just luck catches up with them and they finally start giving up some runs? Joel Piomps at some point is going to give up some runs. Um, Adrian Hauser has actually been really good in his second swing through the rotation. He's probably going to give up some runs eventually. Burns will here and there. Peralta has been. Um, Tehran we've seen come back to earth before his last really good one. Um, it, it's just, it's it's going to happen. So at some point, that offense needs to be able to produce runs. And Winker was brought in to produce runs, not to get on base, which he's done okay, amazingly enough. Yeah. He's drawn um, walks. Ooh. But that's that's not what the Brewers signed him for. They signed him to hit doubles and hit home runs and collect RBIs. And he's not doing any of that. So, like, it's if, if the Brewers could find the right guy to bring in to take over that spot, then, yeah, at this point, you've got to cut ties. If you can work – if Matt Arnold can work him into a trade somehow, <laughs> that would be just – like, I would have a whole new level of respect for him. But that is going to be tough. Yeah, it's almost like trading just Asteri Ruiz for William Contreras and Yoel Piamps. Ridiculous. How could anyone ever actually do that? Come on. Uh, But, yeah, flipping him, I mean, he's probably not worth much at all. It'd just be a contract swap, if anything, if he could get him out of there. But, yeah, it's it's been bad, and the Brewers need need to move on, and, and he's a large reason why the Brewers offense has, has not been as, as we all hoped because the DH spots and, and what he was supposed to be, what he was, what they were counting on him to bring, he hasn't brought. And, and that leaves a, a giant gaping hole in the lineup that, that they need to address. So that makes DH obviously their, their biggest need here. And Carl Santana can fill in there some, but we're probably going to see him more often than not at, at first base. So you got a couple more holes to fill, but uh, they they still got some some work to do on this offense. But they are looking to do more work on this offense, and I think that's the important part. And now they got the series coming up here against the Atlanta Braves. And the way the the Braves series went the first time, you could tell this team needed more offense. They, they've scored yeah. more than four runs, I think, just once since the All Star break. Uh, it's it's really been a struggle uh, for them offensively and, and that whole Braves series when they face actually really tough pitching and the Braves have a very tough pitching staff, mm-hmm. the offense is really struggling and that's why they ended up losing that series. So they get Santana in time to help out during that series. And they're going to be, if they make it to the postseason, and, and if they're going to make a postseason run, odds are at some point they're going to have to go through the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to beat the Atlanta Braves in a five-game or a seven-game series, they need more offense. The pitching kept them in all of those games. The Brewers pitching staff kept them in all of those games. The offense didn't do enough to support the pitching staff. 
because the Braves also have a really good pitching staff. So you need to improve your offense if you're going to make a run. That's why the Brewers ran into a buzzsaw in 2021 when they faced the Atlanta Braves and they weren't able to make it out of that division that division series because they didn't have enough offense. It's been the same story the past couple of years, not enough offense to get the job done. And this year, that's their that's their primary focus, and they've started it with, with Carlos Santana. Yeah, I was really surprised that the Brewers were able to stay in all three of those games. They end up winning the second one. But my thoughts going into that series were that the Brewers were going to have to miraculously find a way to outslug the Braves because that team is just an absolute juggernaut right now. And it turned out they they actually didn't need that many runs, you know, to, to put up that many runs to be able to have stolen away another one of those games to possibly win the series. Um, it's like, you know, I was, I was expecting to have to put up like seven or eight runs or something like that to beat the Brewers, mm-hmm. uh, the Braves, every single one of those games. Um, but that really, again, is a credit to the Brewers pitching staff and how well they've done all year and how well they've done against elite teams. Um, but it, it, that just goes back to my other point. Like it, how long can the Brewers pitching staff hold out and keep, putting out those types of performances um, and basically making up for the lack of offense. Like they, they're not going to be able to do that all season long, especially down the stretch when, you know, the, the playoff atmosphere or playoff push atmosphere is a little bit heightened and, you know, teams are performing a little bit better and you've got some of those guys really starting to separate themselves from the rest. Um, You're going to need to be able to keep pace. So, um, they've got, we've got four days, five days left yet that the Brewers can, um, kind of make some moves. And I, I would be very surprised at this point if they didn't, considering that their first move they made, they didn't have to give up really much of anything. So they've still got a huge portfolio of assets to be able to deal from, uh, when it comes to bringing in some other guys. So, um, I'm interested to see what they keep doing. Some, someone's coming. Yeah. There are more deals to be made. Oh, absolutely. The Brewers have a fairly deep farm system, and they got a lot of different guys to choose from. Uh, Johnny Severino, obviously the first uh, domino to fall from the farm system. But, man, let's, uh, as we kind of wrap up here to towards the end of the podcast, let's talk about some of these prospects that could end up mm-hmm. moving on here in, in potential trades. You know, I don't, you know, none of the current draft guys, uh, you know, Josh Noth, Eric Patanti, Cooper Pratt, Brock Wilkin, those guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, they can't technically until the offseason, I believe. Uh, but there's a couple of the guys in the system that uh, I could see being moved. And, Matt, of, of the guys on the Brewers prospects list in the farm system, who is the highest rated prospect that you would be willing to? to give up or that you think the Brewers would be willing to give up in a trade? I would say if the, if it was for a good enough player, I think Eric Brown would probably be the highest rated prospect they'd be willing to give up. I think those first five Tyler black, maybe, maybe I put a very, very strong maybe on that. Um, But I don't, I think the top four, Sal Freelich technically still counts. Our untouchable and Cheerio Freelich, Caro, and Mizorowski. I, I think Tyler Black at this point, he is so impressive. I, I think he's awfully darn close to untouchable. And then that brings you to Eric Brown, who, again, like they, the reason they dealt Severino is because he came from a position 
of depth in shortstop. The Brewers have an absolute boatload of shortstops, of good quality shortstops in the system. Um, and that doesn't even count yet the guys that they just drafted. So you're even adding some more good ones to there. So I think for me, that would be the highest one I could see them uh, parting with. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm right around that spot as well. Eric Brown, I mean, he's a first rounder last year. So, I mean, it would have to be a real stud that the Brewers would be getting in order for them to be willing to give up Brown. Right. And I'm not, sure if there's one out there uh that, that they would do that for so for me i think the highest rated that uh i think they'd be willing to give up would be robert moore uh mm-hmm. second rounder or comp b rounder that same year uh second base shortstop type uh kind of a, a low ceiling but a high floor kind of guy uh but robert moore is probably the highest i would go uh to to be traded but otherwise you know, I could see them trying to deal Ethan Small. I'm not sure how much value he has, but the Brewers certainly seem to be over him, uh, not really giving him too many opportunities. As for other guys that I think maybe a bit more likely, say for a guy like Jimer Candelario, uh, I'm looking at a guy like Hendry Mendez. The Brewers have a ton of outfield depth. Yep. Hendry Mendez would make a ton of sense uh, to get moved. Daniel Guillarte, uh, I could see happening. Pedro Perez, I don't know what his trade value is. Obviously, I don't want to trade him because I've I've been driving the the Hedbert hype train, but the Hedbert hype train has kind of fallen off the tracks a little bit uh, the past year or so. We're trying to get it back on track, but but it might be a while. Uh, we're also leaking oil. Uh, that's that's just kind of where <laughs> we're at. Uh, but uh, Jadhera Rhino, a couple of the international guys I really could see: Mendez, uh, Daniel Guillarte, Ed, Eduardo Garcia. Uh, Jadhera Rhinamo, I uh, could see those guys moving. Um, so there's there's a couple different routes. Justin Jarvis, uh, maybe I could see on the move. Uh, he's kind of popped up late. Maybe the Brewers are, could try to sell high if someone's looking for pitching. Because I don't see the Brewers giving up uh, a guy like Carlos Rodriguez or Robert Gasser right now. Right. So that's maybe where, where I'd be looking. Mendez, I, th- I think, makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, but you know, maybe Johan Barrios, uh, also from the international signing class down there in rookie ball, uh, Edgardo Ordonez, Satchel Norman, there, there are six catchers on the ACL Brewers, <laughs> six catchers. Like we're talking about dealing from positions of depth. I think they got plenty of catchers down there in Arizona. I think yeah. they got plenty, so they can afford to trade one and still be fine. For sure. And one point that you made there, I totally agree with, actually brought up the same point uh, earlier today on the radio with the boys up in Appleton on the show. Um, There aren't a ton of like big name guys out there that are going to command like top five type prospects or anything like that. Now that Otani is staying still and Giolito has already moved, they're, they're just those guys aren't out. There are solid guys on the trade market, but there aren't like stud superstar type guys out there on the trade market. So really no one that's left is going to cost anyone. So the Bruce fans shouldn't have to worry about any of those top prospects going because like it just, it's not necessary for anyone you would potentially be acquiring unless it's a guy that's totally out of nowhere that no one was expecting to be traded that's the only situation that possibly ends up happening. So Juan Soto. 
Yeah, right. Juan Soto from last. John year. Heyman is reporting that Juan Soto actually could be had, and that the That's Padres true. are listening, although a deal is quote unlikely. But we do know that the Brewers were interested in Juan Soto in the past, and they were very competitive for his services. And now that it's a year and a half of control rather than two and a half years, the cost to acquire Juan Soto will be much yeah. less than it was last year. Uh, so maybe they could try to go that route. I mean, that would still involve, I mean, a year and a half of Juan Soto would still involve a couple of top 100 prospects. Uh, so I, I could see if the Brewers really wanted to, to go that route, I could see them trying to do it, but that's a very much a long shot. Yeah, exactly. But that's the level of player you're talking uh, that you need yeah. to be acquiring if yeah. you're letting go one or multiple top 10 uh, type picks. So, um, yeah, I, Brewers fans, don't worry about it. I, I don't see any of those guys going because I think anyone the Brewers are targeting or looking to bring in, which they said they're going to do responsibly, it, they're not. it's not going to command a top 10 prospect. So um, those guys, and Ethan Small, uh, just on that note, I watched the uh, Sounds game earlier today, and Ethan Small came in and gave up a game-tying solo shot on the first pitch of the inning um, and then gave up another solo homer to lose the lead later in the inning. His ERA still sits in the mid-threes, so still very respectable, but uh, that's that that's not exactly great for other teams looking at your system of guys they might want to end up... Uh, potentially grabbing so yeah he's I, I don't know how high his trade value is currently really yeah yeah it's it's probably not not very high uh but Juan Soto is actually a graded as a negative defender uh, out there in the outfield um so who knows maybe the Brewers would be like eh, no thank you but again that DH spot is open yeah so put him there and you are set uh so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, leave us dreaming on Juan Soto, even though it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Jammer Candelario is probably more where we're looking, but we shall see. There's going to be a lot of competition, and a lot is going to be happening over the next couple of days as the trade deadline comes up on August 1st. So we will have all your coverage at reviewingthebrew.com. All of the rumors, all of the trades, all of the reaction, analysis, Everything, it's going to be there. Uh, be sure to follow Matt and I on Twitter. Matt is at MKEMatt13. I am at DGasper24. Uh, and next week, when we come back here on the podcast, we will have a trade deadline recap of all the moves. And hopefully we'll have more than Carlos Santana uh, to talk about. We should. I'm, we, we are anticipating more than just Carlos Santana. Great addition. Love the trade. There's more coming. So on that, we will see you next time. Enjoy the trade deadline. I know we will. You enjoy it as well. We'll see you next time on the Cold Brew Podcast.